0: Alongside former Blues superstar defenseman Jamie Rivers, I'm Brandon <laughs> Kylie. It's Ribs and BK on 101 ESPN. We are broadcasting live from the E&B Granite Studio at the Centene Community Ice Center as the Blues prepare to get ready for the restart of the NHL season. And while we do that, let's go out to the Brown and Kruppen celebrity line. Happy to be joined by former NHL goalie, current NHL network analyst Kevin Weeks joining us here on 101 ESPN. Kevin, we appreciate you taking the time. It's been too long, my friend. How are you doing today?
1: I'm great, thanks. How are you guys doing, man? Everything is good here at home in Jersey, outside of New York City. Uh, no complaints. How are you guys doing, ribs? You good?
2: Yeah, I'm good, buddy. Uh, listen, nice. I know you've stayed busy throughout this uh, this craziness that is called a pandemic, but totally. it's gotta feel good to get back to work and talk about some real hockey, no?
1: Yeah, it does for sure. It does for sure. It's been uh, it's been so long. It's been wild and. You know, we've still done shows on the NHL network. Um, not as much live programming as we would typically do because, you know, obviously we do north of 10 hours of live programming daily during the season. But uh, we still had shows. We've had shows. I've done a lot of shows on my Instagram as well, at Kev Weeks, with different guests. In fact, I'll, I'll drop this here first before I even put it on my Twitter. Tomorrow at 10.30 a.m. Eastern, I'm going to have the great Mark Messier on. Wow. Yeah. The Moose, who I played with uh, earlier in my career in, Va- in Vancouver, who was so great to me. So, uh, you know, one of the best to ever do it. So, yeah, I'd say Busy Ribs in that sense, but there's nothing like being able to, as you guys know all too well, um, you know, you guys cover all sports, and I'm an all-sports fan, but it, there's nothing like being able to to cover sports. And I think now when we go back to covering sports, they're going to have a heavier meaning just based on, you know, the pandemic and, and of course, a lot of the racial inequality and stuff. So, You know, I I think for athletes and and all sports, across all sports, we've always played for things that are bigger than ourselves, typically. You know, for your teammates and your your fans and your family back home and your friends and your communities and and everything else. But I think now, perhaps more than ever before in recent history, um, a lot of people are going to be playing for things that are much bigger. And we realize that sports, as much as we love them for what they are, uh, we realize the impact and the power that they can have on people in a positive way to enlighten people, to inspire people, and to entertain people, of course, as well.
2: Yeah, Weeks, you know what? You make a great point there. And uh, where I wanted to head with this is that, you know, you're right. You're playing for something bigger and and certainly things that are more important. But these athletes, and specifically we'll narrow it down to hockey players, it seems Mm -hmm. like they're taking it very seriously right now. You know, we've only had a couple of tests, uh, two tests I believe come up positive in the last 800 and so tests that they've done. uh, It shows me that these guys are taking it seriously and they want to perform out there and they want to do what's right by the fans.
1: No question, man. I mean, ribs, you lived this yourself and you know, this growing up and uh, one thing about, you know, any athlete that that plays at an elite level or competes at an elite level, but certainly we can speak to our sport, even though we have friends in other sports, the discipline that hockey players have, girls and boys, men and women that that play at a league level, the discipline that they have is off the charts. I mean, it really is. And, you know, now, as you pointed out, it's even an added layer of discipline on top of what they already have because they do know that, you know, maybe you have um, a family member that's a a youngster that's maybe house compromised in a way. Maybe they have a respiratory illness. Maybe you have, you know, an in-law or a parent that's living with you or that comes to visit you and, and maybe there's neighbors um, you know, there's there's so many different people, a sibling, a teammate, so you realize that you know you don't want to compromise anybody else, and you know as, as we would always say in the locker room, do it for the guy across from you, the guy beside you, the guy next to you, you know that type of thing. So now more than ever, this holds a lot more meaning uh, from a from that standpoint, and then uh, as I said, also from uh, from the standpoint of realizing that a lot of people have been negatively affected, you know from be it COVID, be it the racial inequality, be it anything right now, be it a loss of job, be it being furloughed temporarily, um, maybe a closure of a family business, so many different things uh, that are afflicting people by way of this wicked, crazy time that we're going through right now. And you realize that, you know, we all hear the conversation. NHL players don't live in NHLville. And NHL staff members don't live in NHLville. They live in the communities in which they play and, and where they come from. So that means a lot to those guys.
0: We're talking with former NHL goalie, now current NHL Network analyst, Kevin Weeks here on 101 ESPN. So that's the off-ice perspective. I want to ask you about the on-ice side of things as well, Weeks, because – Bennington and Allen are prepping right now for the postseason, and this is a difficult thing for them. They, they haven't seen these live shots from NHL players while they've been in quarantine. And the other day, Barubi was asked, hey, you know, are these guys at 100% right now? And his answer was basically no, that of course they're not, but they're going to get there by the time that we get to the postseason and get to see them in Edmonton. How difficult is it for a goalie right now in your mind to be able to prepare for what is about to come their way?
1: Well, there's nothing like replicating NHL shooters. You know, there's only 700 skaters in the league in the world, and you're not getting shot on by one of them. You know, nothing else really hits that mark. That being, that being said, I'm not sure if Jake Allen was able to skate um, back out east up in Atlantic Canada. I'm not sure if he was able to skate there. I do know that at times Jordan Bennington was skating in Toronto, which helped him work with his off-season goalie coach, Andy Kyoto who's uh, the associate goalie coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins. But um, I, I certainly believe that those two guys in that tandem and those two guys, uh, I think they'll be the least of the worries. I think what also helps them, too, is that the Blues defend so well under, under, uh, under Chiefs, they do a great job of defending. And they're all in as a team, the way they defend with numbers, with intensity, with physicality, with positioning. But here's the bigger thing, too, guys, and speaking to different goalies, and I've, I've spoken to Benner a few times during this, but I didn't ask him this specifically. But specifically with uh, two goalie coaches I spoke to, French John out of Tampa, whose goalie, Andre Vasilevsky, is a Vesna Trophy finalist again. and He's a reigning winner. And, uh, and also Sudsy Maharaj from Anaheim, their goalie coach, who's got John Gibson and Ryan Miller. Obviously, they've got a great tandem, too. But they just talked about right now just getting back to basics, really. And I know specifically in Tampa, that's what they did with Vasilevsky and McElhinney. And what I mean by that, for a lot of your listeners, is not the most complicated drills, especially for goalies and when they're on with a goalie coach. Literally like movement, like goalie skating in and around your net. Because that's the foundation of everything. And, you know, they said that they basically just revisited all that stuff, all the fundamentals, and then kept building through their progressions. Uh, Rob Tallis essentially said the same thing from the Florida Panthers. You have Bobrovsky uh, there as well. And uh, Chris Trieger. So I think for those two guys, your two guys, there are locally in St. Louis. Um, I'm not, I'm not the least bit worried about them. They're a great duo. I got to give Jake Allen a lot of credit for how he's been. And Ravs, you and I talked about this when we were in St. Louis for all-star weekend about how well Jake Allen treated Benner too. And I think that goes a long way because his attitude's so positive. He's played very well when he's gotten in the net this year. And I really felt like Binner had a chance at being a Vesna nominee, even though he was an all-star. So I don't think that the goaltending will be a worry for the Blues at all.
2: Yeah, you make a great point, Weeksy. Uh, Jake Allen has been uh, fantastic as a teammate. And I'll tell you what, he's more than pulled his weight throughout mm-hmm. this season and played very well. Um, but I wanted to, to hone in on Binnington again with you. You're a uh-huh. former NHL goalie. You study goaltending. You are a goalie guru. And mm-hmm. so... I talk about on here, and you know me—I'm just a big dumb defenseman. And I talk about, <laughs> I talk about how Bennington is very quiet in the crease, huh. right? And you know, maybe you could break that down as to what that means for our 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 listeners that are you know hearing that all the time—they hear it from me on radio or TV or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I talk about how quiet he is in the crease. Maybe talk about what that really entails and how that's an advantage to a guy like Jordan Bennington.
1: Well, then you might have to change the way you characterize yourself to big, smart defensemen. Maybe, that's, maybe, maybe that changes things now. No, listen, you've you played in front of enough guys in you know, different situations, and, and you've had a lot of experience, especially as a D-man. And in a guy like Bennington, the way he plays, first of all, I love the fact that you said he plays a quiet game. What, what Where you're coming from from that for our listeners is he doesn't chase the game. And there's not a lot of, Wasted movement. There's a lot of economy of motion. So every player plays, and I'll use it for a player like skaters. Every player plays at their own pace and their own cadence, right? So um, you played at a certain pace for you know for everybody in St. Louis. Chris Pronger played at a certain pace. That's different than the pace that Tarasenko plays at. It's different than the pace that uh, O'Reilly plays at. And that's no different with goalies. So you know if you're watching your goalies in the net, for example, like. You know, the great Grant Fuhrer played at a different pace than Bennington. Cujo played at a different pace than who's great in his own right than both of those two guys. You know, Cujo was a little more hyper, um, a little bit more dynamic, more explosive, more flexible, more of a max effort goalie. Whereas Bennington is kind of like in between and and skews a little bit more um, efficient and smooth. There's not a lot of wasted motion or movements his movements are precise and they're a little bit more controlled. And if he does have to go to his tool bag and make a desperation type save, he's got the athletic ability to do that. But that's not at the forefront of his game. It's the other way around. Hence your point about him looking quiet. And then that, and here's another thing too, with him, I think the biggest thing with with Jordan Bennington for a lot of your listeners. And, you know, I was onto this last year, as I'd like to point out, especially because I don't live there in St. Louis market. um, (laughs) But, you know, I was on this early, and, like, I've talked to Chief about this. I've talked to Binner himself about this. Maybe his greatest single asset is his mind. And I, and I, and I, I, I wanted to pause on that for a fact, his mind. Because he decided long, years ago he was ready to be in the NHL. And once his work ethic in the offseason with Matt Nichol and, and, uh, and Andy Kyoto and then in season there in St. Louis with the coaching staff and the goalie coach. And Once all that came into fruition, he, his mind told him he was going to be great. Circumstances told him otherwise. Some different people that were and are no longer in the organization maybe told him otherwise. Some different media people from different teams tried to do otherwise. Jordan Bennington was very convicted and still is in the fact that I'm top-notch. Let's go. I'm here to kick for the boys. So he told me last year. Madison Square Garden in March, when you guys play the Rangers, I'm here to kick for the boys' week season. That's what I'm here for. I'm getting goosebumps. I don't play for the Blues, but I'm getting goosebumps talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> because I can relate to that, you know, as a, as a former goalie and, and as a member of the fraternity and, you know, a platinum card-carrying member of the fraternity. When you hear a guy say that or, or a girl say that and they've got that level of confidence, that shoots through the whole group. So, Riz, to your point, once he has that mentality and he plays that way, he never gets rattled. Chief doesn't get rattled. Chief, nobody gets rattled on that Blues team. And that's a big part of their success is their mental toughness. And when your goalie has that, and, and Jake Allen brings that in a different way as well, that goes a long way for your team.
0: Final question that I've got for Kevin Weeks. He's a former NHL goalie. He's a current NHL network analyst, one of the best in the business. Earlier this week, we reacted to the news that, Petro, not a Norris Trophy candidate, not one of the three finalists, and Craig Barubi not one of the three finalists for Coach of the Year. I wanted to get your perspective on those two pieces of news, Week uh, with Petro and Barubi both not being named finalists to the Norris Trophy or the Coach of the Year. What was your reaction when you saw that?
1: Well, I would tell you this. As I mentioned before, I, I had a case for Binner being a nominee for Vedna. So we can you know, We can look at all three of those guys respectively in terms of what they've been able to do. And, you know, Petro is so smooth, so efficient, so consistent in his game. You know what you're getting from him, you know, pretty much every shift, every situation. There's no matchup head, you know, kind of head shaking for the coach, for coach Bruby. He knows that he can put Petro on any time in any situation. You know, I spoke to a good buddy of mine back home in Toronto, uh, Sergio Blasi, who's worked with Petro since he was young and we were a little funny you should mention him because we were just texting, and he's like, hey, man, this guy's the best of the best. He's been the best of the best. He's awesome. And he's been training him since he's a a young, younger, you know, team. And, you know, obviously I've watched him from junior in Niagara Falls to, to St. Louis, and it just seems like he's gotten better and better, as good as he's been. So I think that – I don't know that I would say that's a snub, but let me just put it to you this way. He certainly – and this is at no expense of any of the other nominees because they're all very deserving. But Petra would have been among my top three this year for sure. No question. Um, and then as far as chief, listen, you know, I've been a big, huge advocate of Craig Berube and what he's done and what he's been able to accomplish, you know, sometime having to uh, eat rocks, as the guys would say. I thought he was ready for a head coaching job years ago. Um, you know, there are only so few of them in the NHL 31 with NHL Seattle coming in soon. We'll be 32. But what Chief's done in that market, what he's done with that group, uh, you know, I've had private conversations with him. I spoke to him last year during Cup Final, literally, um, out at a restaurant there in Clayton. and We've talked numerous times since. His ability to teach, to sorry, to treat everybody on that roster with res- human respect, number one, and decency, and then uh, understand what makes them tick and coach them individually but within a team concept. You know, you look at what he's done with Vladimir Tarasenko. I heard a lot of people say, oh, Tarasenko, this, he's that, he's whatever. Chief came in, put his arm around him, gave him a little tough love where it was necessary, but he's like, hey, we need you, big man. We need you going, you know? And he's been able to do that with Sammy Blay, who he's known, uh, Binner, the way he's handled Jake Allen, because it would be very easy for some uh, coach that's maybe a little more of a knucklehead uh, that didn't have that level of empathy to just try to throw Jake Allen to the wolves. And Chief hasn't done that. So the fact that you guys were dead last last year, dead last in January, like Hulk Hogan was on top of you. Me and Gene <laughs> Okerlund was getting ready to say that the match was over and it was WrestleMania and you guys are about to be done. Okay. The fact that he came in and jolted that team and you guys got, it was like the two and three quarter, not even the three count. It was a two and three quarter count. You got up <laughs> off the mat. You guys got up to your feet. And the crowd was going nuts, the enterprise, and the rest is history. And you won the first Stanley Cup in blues. And here's the best part all of that is a Disney movie in and of itself, okay? But here's the best part, guys there's no drop off this year. You're number one in the <laughs> West. Like, exactly. Kid me? Like, there's no drop off. So, to me, and, and here's another person. I know you guys are going to say you got to go to break, but let me get something else in <laughs> here before we go.
2: You're hot, Weeks. Oh. You keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't rush the brush, my dad. I <laughs> <smell> the
1: paint. <laughs> That's my dad's wisdom. But no, honestly, somebody else I'm going to give a lot of credit to is Army and the people in the front office too. Because think about being a general manager on your team last in January. Like, forget the sell sign. You're trying, you, you might even be considering putting people in bargain bins. Like markdowns. <laughs> going out of business. You know what I mean? <laughs> going out of business. Like, hey, you're going in the bargain bin over here. You're 75% off over there. I'm trying to sell what I can. <laughs> and to his credit, to Army's credit, I, I, I always say this, man. I say it on the NHL network all the time. You know, there's a lot of people that deserve credit in your organization, for sure. Ownership, everybody else. Um, Chief, I talked about it. Binner, everybody, all the players. Rhino, no, but I really have to give props to, uh, to Doug Armstrong and his patience. And having that steady hand uh, on the rudder when the seas were literally crashing all around him—pardon the reference—but he did an amazing. He's done an amazing job there. Not easy to do.
2: Weeksy, I always love when you come on here with us, buddy. You always have great things to say. You say them in a way that uh, I can't say them. And you are—you're connected, man. You're—you're you're connected like Legos in the NHL. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we, we appreciate you uh, taking time you. I know you're, you're a busy Thanks, man, man but uh, as always man some great great stuff and uh, we look forward to having you on again as we dive into this uh, crazy wacky NHL playoffs
1: I appreciate that and what's one thing to leave your listeners with man if you you know why I always say that we all have to be united in the world just consider your your Blues roster and consider your coach is from a town of 500 people And, you know, a native Canadian town of Kalahoo, Alberta, 500 people. And that's your head coach who helped you win a Stanley Cup. That's what I always talk about, the power of people working together. So hopefully all you great fans out there and you great Blues fans will continue doing that in your communities and and beyond. And thanks for having me on, Ribs. Anything for you, buddy. You know that. Anytime.
2: I know, buddy.
0: I appreciate it. I love you, man.
1: Love you too, bro. Take care, man. Thank you.
0: You're the best. That's Kevin Weeks, former NHL goalie, current NHL network analyst. You can give him a follow on Twitter, at Kevin Weeks, W-E-E-K-E-S.